0: Welcome back to the Suraj Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Pai Gurdas left Kabul and the whole story there with him being deceived, how he then headed to Varanasi or the city of Banaras. Chapter 3 now begins describing that when Pai Gurdas left Kabul, it was the winter season. He would travel day by day in the cold, on foot. It was so tiring, doing it all without any heavy clothing, which would have protected him from the cold. He only had the clothing that he had on his back. He didn't have any extra supplies that people were carrying for him. He would only every now and then receive food. But still, every day he would travel and continue on this journey. It was so painful. and He got very weak, tired during this trip. And his whole life, he had never experienced anything so painful, so difficult as this. His feet had blisters on them. He was always tired, walking slowly and slowly traveling down the path. And he eventually... After much time, got to his desired spot, the city of Shiva, Varanasi, also called Ganshi. He found a spot to go there and rest. Within the city of Ganshi, the congregation of the Guru had many houses there, there were many Sikhs there. The Sikhs saw that Pai Gurdas was there, they recognized him, and they were just blown away, they were overjoyed, they were so happy, they clasped their hands together and they started to serve him. They washed his feet with warm water, it was so enthusiastic to serve him, making all types of delicious food for him. The ruler of the city of Kanshi was also very favorable to the Sikhs and the Guru as well. He heard the great glory, the praise of Bhai Gurdas and called him close to the court, having Bhai Gurdas sit on a high seat there. There he asked Bhai Gurdas many stories of the Guru. Bhai Gurdas replied to the ruler saying, the true Guru, Guru Hargobind, is seated at Amritsar. People who recite their name, Receive their darshan, their divine sight, have all their pains depart. At that point, Bai Gurdas would recite his own poetry, his bhani, his words in praise of the Guru, and he would recite that in the court to the ruler, who was so happy. And he set up Bai Gurdas there very nicely, at a spot. He took care of all his food and anything else he needed. The Sikhs of that area told the ruler about Bai Gurdas, saying, "This Sikh, Bai Gurdas." He has stayed with the fourth Guru, Guru Ram Das Ji, the fifth Guru, Guru Ji, and now serves the sixth Guru, the exalted Guru Hargobind His praise and glory is equivalent to the Guru, as they have stayed with the Guru for such a long period of time. Through his sayings and his help, he has liberated many Sikhs as well. Hearing such great praise of Pai Gurdas, the ruler then decided that he should be initiated as a Sikh through Pai Gurdas, by consuming the water-stirred, from his foot. This is called Charan Amrit. So the ruler had Prachad made and called Pai Gurdas close. He clasped his hands together and said to him, Please bestow to me Charan Amrit. In every way, please make me your Sikh. At that point, Pai Gurdas performed that Jaran Amrit ceremony and the great love arose within the mind of the ruler when the ruler of the city then became a Sikh. At that point, great praise of Pai Gurdas and Sikhi spread across the city. Great amounts of people became Sikhs there as well. Thousands became Sikhs just for show after seeing the ruler become a Sikh, but still began to sing the Guru's great praise. Every day the ruler would call Pai Gurdas to come read Gurbani to him. He would listen in contemplating upon the meanings of the lines. Everyone in the court was listening in and had such great bliss arise in their mind. Pai Gurdas was speaking so intelligently and sweetly about these matters which, by everybody listening to, would just adorn such great love for the Guru. He would perform katha, discourse there daily, and all the Sikh congregations would come to listen to it. He spread the great praise of the Guru far and wide there. And in seeing how scholarly, how wise Bhai Gurdas was, many kept his company. As a side note here, Ganshi during that time and still to this day is known as a city which houses uh, the great scholars of Sanskrit and other traditions as well. So when he became essentially the guru of the ruler of the city, everybody in that city then began treating Pai Gurdas with great respect. One day some pandits, scholars, sannyasis, these are ascetics, and Brahmins, priestly caste, they all came to meet Pai Gurdas. And they had this desire that to bring Pai Gurdas into their own ideology, their own thinking. So they began saying to him, This is the city of Kanshi, the city of Shiva. Where you are residing is only suitable, only appropriate for the servants of the devotees of Shiva to reside here. So sit here and contemplate upon the Sadashiv, the forever remaining Shiva. O oh, wise one, what will you get from worshipping your Guru? At that point, Bhai, Gradas replied saying, Listen, that woman who is devoted to their husband, if they go and enjoy another man, while well, the world sings their slander. And in the next life, they receive punishment for that as well in hell. In the same way, it's like somebody leaving their Guru and reciting or contemplating among somebody else. Both here and in the afterlife, they don't find any peace at all. If the Guru is graceful upon me, then I receive the grace of everyone. If the Guru is angry at one, then everybody is angry at you. At that point, by Gita then recited a Sava'iya, a verse in the Sava'iya meter to all the Brahmins there, saying that if a calf leaves his mother, and goes to try to suckle another cow, only receive beatings from that cow. If a swan leaves, a man over, this is a mythic pond where the swans live in the Himalayas. And if they go for looking for pearls in another swamp, they won't find it there. If a servant leaves a king who has a reign over the entire world and goes to another person, he'll be ashamed. In the same way, if a sick leaves his guru and goes serve somebody else, some devta, they won't be saved from sin. So in this way, Pai Gurdas was giving responses to these Brahmins, destroying their arrogance. He only took the support of the true Guru. His faith was unbreakable. The Brahmins clasped their hands together and said, O oh, treasure trove of virtue, take away our doubts then. Exalted Gurdas, O one with pure intellect, we recognize you as one who understands the Tat, the essence of the Divine. So firstly, we have some questions. Within the simritis and the Purans, we heard the names of the Divine like Govind, Ram, etc. Why has the son of Matatripta, Guru Nanak Dev Ji, created his own name, Mantra, for the Divine? Please give us the meaning of that name, Vaheguru. Give us proof and evidence from the Vedas to prove yourself that this is legitimate. Was it utilized in Satyog, the first of the four ages, or in the other ages, other Munis or seers or sages? They have said other mantras for the Divine, so explain this. Why Vahiguru? Secondly, you have created a grant, a scripture, outside of the Vedas, and those worshipping it now have been identified as a separate panth, a community. So explain this to us, so that we all Brahmins would be excited to hear the answer. Thirdly, the Amrasar Sarovar, which you call the king of all the Tirats, all the pilgrimage sites, in what Purana is there evidence of its praise? These are our doubts that we have in our heart. No one else can destroy these doubts but you. So hearing these words, the great wise one, Pai Gurdas then spoke, saying, In regard to your first question, the meaning of guru vahe means wondrous, ineffable, just wow. That which the Vedas say as niti niti or na itti na itti is not finished here, it's not finished there. There's no end to it, it's wondrous. That which is not able to be understood, but which manifests as the multiplicity of the world, but by which understanding one obtains liberation. That divine, which is never destroyed, is beyond what we can talk about. It's not something we can describe. It's beyond all comprehension. It's endless. Sheshnag constantly creates new words of praise for the divine, but never finds the divine's limit. The devtas, the demons, brahma, the muni, the sages, the seers, the grass, even all of these recite the praise of the Divine as the highest form of bliss without end. It is beyond the mind, it is beyond the intellect, it is beyond the memory, the speech, it is only understood via one's experience. That's what sparks knowledge to reside within. Secondly, Guru, which the Vedas and the Simrthi is call the Divine, The form of radiance that which there is no other in the world so that guru is the divine which when obtained the rishi the sage the seer the yogi they become fulfilled they don't suffer then from doubt and do not have to return in this world the letter ga as described by Shiva is darkness some commentators here have said that this is in relation to a text called the Shiv Samatha so he continues. And the letter R, as the branches of the tradition from the Vedas explain, means consciousness or light. So Vaheguru is the root of knowledge, that which yoga strives as their end, that which the seers, the sages, the wise ones merge into. The Buddhists, they call it the void, Shunya. Those who understand the divine is omnipresent everywhere, Vaheguru is that to them. Those who philosophically recognize time, this is one of the philosophical schools in India, Visheshka. To them, Vaheguru is time. So across the various ideologies, the mindsets, Vaheguru is still understood as its source, its root. Those who are sargon worshippers, those who worship the divine in form, who recite Narayana, and to those who understand the divine, is reached by action, Karamkarn, to all of those people. Vaheguru is the divine which they seek to those vedanta followers who understand the divine as the expressed meaning the vachya artha of the mahavakyas the great sayings vahigru is that that expressed meaning but the divine is also the lakshya artha the esoteric meaning the implied meaning of these four great sayings which when understood nothing else is left to obtain one obtains the highest state as such the distilled meanings of the vedas comes down to these four mahavakyas namely you are it. You are the divine consciousness. The exalted Guru calls Vaheguru that it, that consciousness, that substratum of the world. Those who recognize Vaheguru understand the Brahma, the divine, and all their clinging to the multiplicity of the world is removed. Vaheguru is that very divine which played out and created the 11 shivas and the 10 avatars of Vishnu. That divine which is the root of Aung God, which created the nine worlds. Vahiguru is that which carries its devotees across this ocean-like world and delivers them to the four padarat righteousness, Arth, meaning in life, Kaam, desire, and Moksha, liberation. It gives them the four types of liberation. slok, in the same realm as the Divine, samip, being extremely close to the Divine, sarup, having the same form as the Divine, and Sayuj, being merged with the Divine. Those who remember Vaheguru, for them, it is like the Kalpa tree, which gives out any form of happiness. Those who contemplate it for the knowledge of the Divine, to them, it's like the Chintamani jewel, which bestows anything to those who possess it. In the age of Satyog, the first age, the Ya letter is associated with Vasudev. Vasudev was a great jewel of names for the Divine then. In the Treta Yog, the age after, Hari Hari was the great giver, the great fruit, the great benefit of being desireless. That was the mantra chanted then. And in the age of Dwapar, the age after that, Govind was the name, giving great power and victory to those who recited it. In the Kaljug age, only the letter Ra gave liberation, Ram, Ram. So the Vedas which gave wisdom to the four ages throughout these mantras, Vahiguru is derived from all of those. and. Vaheguru is our support so everything in the world in the rocks in the people in the grass and the ascetics it's like the thread of the self within all there's nothing without Vaheguru it is the root of all meaning and liberation this is the essence of the meaning of Vaheguru O oh Brahmins those who serve this mantra with respect their efforts will be fulfilled those who move away from these four letters Vaheguru and put their hopes in others It's like choosing dirt over amarth, ambrosial nectar. Taking the seed out of the four ages and instilling it within this this mantra, Vahiguru, it has such great glory and importance. It bestows the four padarath, four items, taram, arthka, moksha, righteousness, meaning, desire and liberation in this world. It is the cause, the root of all expansion of the world, on God, of all the wealth from the world all the material items in the world and all the devtas, these are all subordinate to this mantra, this saying, Vahiguru. If anybody desires these things, then they should contemplate upon Vahiguru. From the contemplation of Vahiguru one obtains a devotional practice. It's not possible to expand on how great, how important this is, the reward that Vahiguru brings to those who recite it. Only those who recite it know. So the exalted guru, extracted all the Divine Wisdom and placed it within this Word which was kept hidden but was sung about within the Vedas." So at that point the Brahmins replied saying, We have heard beautifully the glory and the meaning of Vaheguru. But now please recite for us a stotra, a series of praise of the Vaheguru Mantra, so we may recite this praise in such a beautiful Sanskrit chan meter. At this point, (coughs) what? At this point, why, Gurdas recites a six stanza a passage called Vaheguru Stottar, in Sanskrit. This portion will continue on in the next episode. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalajaran Patreon page. <laughs> City Oh